This episode of Fort Worth Food Stories is brought to you by the Culinary School of Fort Worth. The Culinary School of Fort Worth is now offering curbside pickup for grocery items and prepared meals. This school is providing basic grocery items like beef, chicken, eggs, flour, and toilet paper, and their students are creating daily prepared meals in partnership with Just In Case Food Truck. To see the full list of items available, use the link in the show notes or go to csftw.edu and click on the grocery tab. To place an order, call 817-737-8427. That's 817-737-8427. Everybody is in the same boat. You know, there really hasn't been, I think, any food business in Fort Worth that hasn't been affected. Uh, the fear is that we would have to go back, you know, to, yeah. you know, that we'd have to do this again, you know, and have to really like, you know, shut things down even more heavily again. That to me, I'm like, I don't know that I have that in me. You know, because people are used to sweet beignets, powdered sugar, that's it. And I still even have some people who are like mad at me that I do other things to a beignet. But if they ever give it a try, they're good. You are listening to Fort Worth Food Stories, brought to you by the Culinary School of Fort Worth. All right, welcome to Fort Worth Food Stories. I'm your host, James Crange. I am joined today for a little bit of a different type of podcast, um, but I appreciate uh, being joined for it by Trey Smith, the owner and operator of Dusty Biscuit Beignets. Trey, thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. And obviously, you know, just to note, we are doing this over Zoom, so we are keeping um, all health precautions um, in mind for this, but <laughs> uh, this is honestly, this has been a crazy time for everybody. And, and I think the number one thing on everyone's mind at all times essentially is, is coronavirus and COVID-19 and how are they keeping safe? How are they keeping uh, healthy? And I mentioned that this is going to be a little bit of a different kind of episode because I do want to spend the first half of it at least talking a little bit about that and, and how it's affecting the, the food industry. So uh, let's start right there. You've got, you've got a really young business. Um, you've, you've just opened up a permanent location this year. Congratulations, by the way. Um, yeah, thank you. And obviously you would expect to have challenges, right? But, but maybe not this big and this quickly. So um, I'll, I'll ask you first and foremost, have you seen a, a big decline in your customers since um, this whole coronavirus thing has kicked off? And, and do you think you're at a disadvantage being a newer restaurant or a newer uh, location as opposed to some of these more established places in Fort Worth? Well, I mean, you know, I guess one aspect of it is that everybody is in the same boat. You know, there really hasn't been, I think, any food business in Fort Worth that hasn't been affected. And so everybody has kind of had to shift, you know, what they were doing. It has definitely been, it's definitely been a challenge, you know, being a young business. Uh, we, we did pop-ups for a year. Uh, before moving into this this location, um, and so yeah, I mean, it w- if there was a, a crystal ball uh, where I had known that hey, there's going to be a global pandemic uh, within the first like eight weeks of you opening, yeah, I may have done things a little bit differently. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's um, so I think every from every business that I've talked to, they have uh, they have all had some sort of decline. You know, and, and so, yeah, I mean, from kind of where we were at, we were kind of running along and uh, sales were looking nice. You know, things are, are now a lot different. So we're kind of having to, to switch it up a little bit. Um, everybody's kind of, yeah, the, 
I think the, the nice like buzzy business word is everyone is in a state of pivoting. Yes. Um, <laughs> I like that. So, I mean, I've heard that like 500 times, I think in the past two weeks. So yeah. So everybody is pivoting to kind of meet this kind of strange quasi dystopian uh, existence <laughs> that we're in at the moment. Well, the, the funny thing, well, I don't know if, maybe it's not super funny uh, but your, your old business that you were in being a teacher it seems like teachers and and people in the restaurant industry are, are having the hardest problems uh, right now so it's kind of yeah. like a six of one thing for you <laughs> yeah I mean I guess I, I didn't quite I mean whenever it first started you know whenever there was kind of the discussion that oh yeah schools are gonna have really extended long spring breaks I'm thinking man that would be really great um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I was I was a teacher for uh, close to ten years and jumped in just you know just two and a half. Yeah, I guess has it been yeah two and a half months ago uh, into doing this full time. So yeah, I don't know if I dodged the bullet, you know, or but <laughs> um, or or not, or just jumped right in front of it. Yeah, I, I work over at the culinary school of Fort Worth, and and just the. I mean, it's, you know, work feels like it's almost tripled trying to go online and, and even just precautions like having to sign into work and wipe down surfaces every half hour or whatever. What kind of extra <laughs> yeah. precautions are you guys having to take um, at your location uh, with, with all of this to ensure that, that food is being safely handled and, and safely prepared? Well, I mean, and as, as you know, um, the, the restaurant industry is already a super sanitary place, or yes. at least yeah. theoretically it should be, you know, with, uh, with just, uh, regulations. So, I mean, really what we've just done is we tried to just be more vigilant. Um, we're doing obviously a lot more, um, regular sanitation, you know, kind of like just more so than, than you would, than you would normally even do. Um, uh, I guess one aspect that has been different is just making sure that kind of our customer, here's another buzzy word, our customer touch points, um, <laughs> that, you know, so like things that are outside that, um, outside of our trailer that they would be touching that making sure that our, even the tables at the micro park, if somebody does happen to sit down while they're waiting for their order, you know, that we're making sure that those are clean. We're making sure that our, um, that anything kind of external to the trailer is clean. Um, we're changing gloves even more than we would, um, normally, you know, I, I wouldn't think twice beforehand having wearing gloves and making sure my hands were clean and then handing a, a customer an order, you know, handing them in a bag barehanded. Like mm -hmm. I wouldn't think about doing that, but now I make sure that if I'm handing them something that I'm gloved both for the sanitation of it, both for their safety, but also for the optics of it as well so that they can feel assured that we're going an extra step to make sure that their food is safe. Yeah, that's, that would make me feel a lot better. And, and, you know, I've been to a couple of restaurants uh, since this whole thing and, and they've all done the same thing with the gloves and uh, it is, it, it is kind of a mental game. And, and I think there's going to be a long-term mental game here where it would, let's say things do open back up May or June or whatever it might be. But I think we're going to be seeing these effects for a long time of people worried about safety and sanitation and all that. Um, what kind of fears do you have, or this might be an unfair question because you might be kind of trying to get through the moment right now, but, um, do you have any fears for the future? Um, even after people are allowed back outside and allowed into a normal kind of work and life environment? Um, you know, I don't know. 
specifically if, if I have fears about how things are ultimately going to go. I mean, um, I've been encouraged by how well people have adapted to this. Um, you know, I mean, it hasn't been easy for anyone to have mm-hmm. to all of a sudden bring your world to a halt, change your, you know, the way that you do your job. Um, or even for some, you know, are really going through the difficulty of not having a job, you know, to go back to in the short run. Um, you know, those, so for, for me right now, like our, it, it's almost, I guess, um, I kind of have a really short-sighted view with it. It's like a day-by-day thing. Um, as you're figuring out, okay, what are the new regulations that are coming from the city and the county and the government? Um, and so I guess I don't really have a far-reaching view of it. Um, I guess if there was anything just that we would, uh, if we kind of jump out of this too soon, uh, the fear is that we would have to go back, you know, to, that we'd have to do this again, you know, and have to really like, you know, shut things down even more heavily again. That to me, I'm like, I don't know that I have that in me (laughs) to to like completely open it back up. Everything's good. And then find out that there's a resurgence of this thing in a month. And it's like, Okay, I can't handle that. Yeah, I I totally agree with that. I um I, I saw the the Chinese movie theaters opened up and they were open for about oh. they were open for about five hours and then they closed down. <laughs> I, okay, good. The, yeah, that that makes me really nervous. Like that, yes, just stream something, you'll be all right. <laughs> uh, what kind of support have you gotten from the Fort Worth community to this point? Oh man, it has been phenomenal. Um, it has been phenomenal. Um, so I love our, our location. We're over here on the hundred block of South Main, right at Main and Vickery in South Main Village. Um, and I love, love this business community. Um, even before when we were just doing pop-ups, um, I did kind of like a scatter plotted map at one point of just kind of where we ended up doing our, the majority of our pop-ups. And it was like 70% of our pop-ups were within like a one mile radius of this area. Hmm. Um, and so um, it's amazing to me that we actually get to be a part of this business community. The business community is super supportive. Um, I'm a part of groups, you know, kind of like group me different things with like near Southside businesses. And everybody is super supportive, wants to help each other out, wants to get resources out. Um, the public has been uh, really kind. I mean, people have gone out of their way um, to make sure that we feel supported. Um, you know, I mean, while our sales are not, where I would like them to be. The fact, I guess the thing is the fact that we have any sales yeah. um, is, is astounding to me that people would go out of their way to support us. Um, I had super sweet couple who they've come, they've been coming to our events prior to opening the Airstream and they come uh, pretty regularly and they came and ordered, you know, two just classic orders of beignets and left me a hundred bucks. And they were like, we're just thinking about you. We just That's want awesome. you, you know, to be all right. Yeah. It was so kind of them. Um, so yeah, our, our customers have been great. They've gone out of their way to show support. And so I can't complain at all about that. Yeah, that's great. And, and I think the cool thing that's come out of this, if, if there is any positive, is you do see kind of the good side of humanity. I think sometimes you forget that there's some really awesome people out there who are, are going to step up when, when things like this happen. And um, so I, I, I love that. I think that's great. And um, I, I want to jump into uh, your business here in a second, but I, I want to ask you, you know, what are some of the ways that we might not think of that we could help out your business right now? I know obviously ordering food helps and all your orders help, but um, are there things like gift cards or social media posts or anything like that that could help you out? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and 
and a lot of businesses are, are sharing these different ideas. Of course, yeah, support the business directly is fantastic. Um, everyone offers gift cards. In some, we have electronic gift cards. Um, uh, where there's also a lot of places that are doing uh, that are doing fundraising efforts. Um, I know that uh, printed threads here in Fort Worth, they're do we're doing by uh, a fundraiser through them, where we're selling Dusty Biscuit shirts and it's helping them continue to have business and what would be a huge downturn for them. It's also helping us. Um, and so, um, and yeah, there's, there's a couple of different t-shirt companies I know that are doing similar things. Um, yeah. I mean the, I guess the, the biggest thing is um, that's a, that's not monetary is yeah. Sharing posts. That sounds, that sounds kind of, <laughs> I feel like I'm, you know, like some sort of like, um, Instagram diva to say that, um, <laughs> but those things matter. Um, at this point, you know, everybody is strapped for cash. Our, um, our advertising dollars, you know, we, yeah. we don't know where to, where to put them. And so word of mouth is great. You know, if you do, so if you do go out to a food business right now or really any business that's, that's still able to be open, but if you go out to a food business, yeah take that well-lighted angled shot, you know, get it up on Instagram, um, tag us. Um, if you see our posts and we're saying, yeah, we're going to be open on Friday night, but you don't, but you're not going to be able to do it. Yeah. Still share it, you know, cause somebody might be able to, uh, cause everything is about us just trying to persevere right now. Yeah. And, and you, you bring up a great point with the advertising dollars and all that. Like you, you guys probably don't have the budget right now to, to spend on marketing. And so if you're a fan of, of Dusty Biscuit or, or really wherever you're a fan of in Fort Worth, um, it's a small business uh, community. It's a, it's a, you know, tight knit community. I'm sure those posts get those out there and, and it is great just to show people that you're out and getting food and you're okay. You're going home, you're getting food and you're going home and you're okay. <laughs> you know, um, so that, <laughs> yeah. that, that's good to, to see as well, but let's jump into your business. You, um, personally, you grew up in, in Texas, uh, but it was more, I, I was reading, it was more of kind of a Cajun town, right? So is that how beignets, you just felt like you needed to bring them to Fort Worth? Well, yeah. So I grew up in Southeast Texas, a little North of Beaumont. Um, and the, the way that I described it is that we were, we were much, much more likely to have a crawfish boil than a backyard barbecue. Hmm. Um, so it was, it was cool. a little bit, of, a little bit of Cajun country. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I always loved, like, I, I just, I love Southern food, Texas food, Cajun food. I always like just really, um, I love simple food that's done well. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, grew up in, in that culture, you know, us eating gumbo and boudin and all these, you know, all these great foods. Um, later on, um, uh, I lived out in new Orleans. Um, up until uh, Hurricane Katrina, of course, you know, ate my fair share of beignets um, at Cafe Du Monde. Actually, the first time I ever uh, I, I ever had a Cafe Du Monde beignet, I almost choked to death on powdered sugar. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, I mean, Dusty Biscuit came from um, an original idea where we were really looking at doing um, like just a full Cajun spin of doing gumbo po'boys beignets. Um, and I started thinking about what would be a better startup for us was how about we kind of narrow our focus. And so somehow it just worked into that. Okay. Yeah. Beignets were going to be where we're going to focus, but we were still going to do all of those same flavors that we were wanting to do. But I'm, but I looked around and saw that no one was doing that with beignets. 
like I'm going to do that with videos. And so that, that at least got us rolling. Yeah. And, and I think, man, I, I, I really want to kind of do a deep dive into your menu with you. Um, but I do have this question. It was so fascinating to me reading about your story where we talked about before, you know, you, you were full-time teaching and you started doing these pop-ups and then less than a year later, you, you take the leap and you jump into, uh, having, having your own actual physical location. Did you ever think last year and that, you know, when you opened on, on fat Tuesday of last year, did you ever think you'd be at this point like coronavirus? Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Setting aside the global pandemic. Um, yeah, no, not at all. Um, so I, I've loved teaching and it's great, but I also, um, my, my wife is a stay at home mom. We have five kids. Um, and so, um, and I, so I was the sole provider as a teacher, you know, for our family. I've mm-hmm. always been the guy who cooks, you know, like, okay, if there's some sort of event, our friends are getting together, I'm going to be the person who's going to cook the meal. And so my wife and I were having this discussion because I was having to work all of these kind of side jobs to make sure that we made ends meet. And, um, and I finally told her, I'm like, you know, I'm just, I, I would like to ultimately have one job, like just yeah. one. And so um, I had all, you know, it's always been in the back of my mind to do a, a, some sort of food business or a restaurant. But it just never seemed like a responsible thing to do uh, when you have a, just a passel of kids. Um, and so my wife brought it up to me. This was, this was not this past Christmas, but the previous one. So a year back, a little over a year back. Uh, and she's like, well, why don't you, why don't you look at, at doing a food truck? Why don't you look at doing a food business? And so since she was the one who finally was, said the words, we, you know, I, I said, okay, well, we'll, we'll roll with it. We kind of had this mapped out, very slow five-year plan. Um, that it didn't even involve having events for the first several months. But um, yeah, my uh, good friend Tina owns uh, Leaves Book and Tea. And so we had had a discussion about maybe trying out beignets, you know, on Fat Tuesday and doing a little a little kind of pop-up. And uh, I didn't even really know what a pop-up fully was at that point. <laughs> and, uh, and so, yeah, we had this event. It went nuts. We had, it was a two hour event. We had 80 some odd orders. Um, and yeah, it just didn't stop. Uh, it, like we immediately started booking other, other events and, uh, that five-year plan just went, just really accelerated on us because, um, it got to where it was really it, pop-ups themselves are a full-time job, maybe a full-time job and a half. And so trying to do that on top of teaching, yeah. Uh, yeah, we just started looking and exploring options. Um, our good friends at Locavore, uh, who have helped us all along the way with narrowing our vision and giving us a, like a kitchen that we can rent and, and, uh, to, to do all of our cooking. Um, they had this opportunity with the Airstream open up, and so we jumped on it. But yeah, it has been a whirlwind. <laughs> I, I think that's, yeah, I think that's so cool. I'm glad you shouted them out at Locavore. Uh, Courtney and Carlo were on this podcast about a year and a half ago. Um, mm-hmm. So it's, it's always cool when we see these connections. And I had uh, Melvin Robertson on the podcast uh, last yeah. week from, from Doughboy Donuts. And he was in a similar spot that you were, where there, there weren't any other donut spots when, when he opened up in Fort Worth. And I asked him this mm-hmm. question. I'm kind of curious to hear your answer as well, but 
when you're opening up a, a location of something that's not there, do you have this fear of, okay, is it not here for a reason or is it not here just because <laughs> no one's done it yet? <laughs> no, absolutely. Well, part of, uh, so what gave me, what took away that pause for me was we had a year of pop-ups. We were doing, you know, at times two to four pop-ups a week. Um, and so we had a long time for a proof of concept. Yeah. Um, for us to try out every kind of weird combination, you know, every, or, you know, cause people are used to sweet beignets, powdered sugar, that's it. And I still even have some people who are like mad at me that I do other things to a beignet. <laughs> just put sugar on it. Uh, but if they ever give it a try, they're good. They, they, I can win them over. But, um, so yeah, that was part of it was whenever I was just thinking about the concept before we had that first event, um, yeah, I was wondering, is this something like, I know that I can make this, I know that it tastes good, but I don't know if there's a market for it. Um, and so doing the pop-ups really helped us test out our concept and figure out and build a fan base um, who have followed us over here. So that softened that a little bit, but we're still, you know, there's still thousands upon thousands of people who have no idea that we exist, you know, that we're working towards winning over, you know, to come try our stuff. Yeah, and, and I'll actually, I'll count myself um, in one of those people, although I do think I'm going to come by for dinner tonight. But uh, I had heard of you guys when you first opened and were doing pop-ups, and I didn't understand how a pop-up could work with a beignet, where all you're selling is is a beignet with powdered sugar over it. Um, and then uh, when when uh, Josie Eat This Fort Worth, uh, Josie via Singleton reached out and oh, yeah. recommended you to come onto the podcast. I was thinking, okay, let me let me go check it out. And and your menu is wild. I mean, there are some some crazy things on there. Some of my favorites. I love the the chicken pot beignets, the bacon jalapeno popper, the shrimp bow poise. Um, just just to name a few of those. Um, who comes up with all of these these menu items? Those those are all mine. Okay. Uh, yeah, those. I mean, uh, every now and then I'll have somebody send me a message uh, and. Uh, and they'll be like, "Hey, you got to try. You got to try to do this with it, you know." And generally speaking, I don't think that there has been a new idea that they haven't that I haven't like already kind of like jotted down. So, <laughs> um, because I yeah, I'm constantly thinking about that. We have, um, I, I haven't done a, a count in a while, but the last time I did a count between our our pop ups and here at the Airstream, that we've done about forty different variations of either sweet or savory beignets. Um, and so, awesome. yeah, I mean, some of the ones even you mentioned are, are ones that I haven't done in a while that I want to get on the menu here that we've done at, at different events. Yeah, I mean, that, I uh, even it's, saw it's it today. The, the bacon jalapeno popper needs a return. It hasn't, I haven't done that one in months. And that, one, <laughs> that one was fantastic. Yeah, bring, bring it back. I'd, I'd get that one. Um, I saw today that you uh, were posting about a, a maple bacon cinnamon beignet. And that to me, I mean, that sounds yeah. like a no-brainer. Yeah, our, we've did uh, – We've had a cinnamon roll beignet for a while, but we haven't had it here at the Airstream. We, uh, for a while, we were doing regular pop-ups at Craftwork Coffee um, over at their Foundry location, and a uh, great place, and, and loved, uh, loved doing events over there. And so we would always do the cinnamon roll, uh, and we had like a loyal fall. Like there were people who every single Saturday they were there to get their cinnamon roll beignet. Um, but we also, I had my maple bacon on the menu right now. It was just, that was just one of those things where I'm just sitting there saying, huh. I'm just gonna mix these together and see <laughs> see how it turns out. And I tried it. And I'm like, dang, that was that was pretty satisfying. <laughs> uh, so all, everyone who's tried it out today, they've uh, they were they were fans. 
So I, I, I consider myself a, a bit of kind of a, a burger connoisseur is, is what I love to eat and what I love to make. And I love to try all different flavors and all different stuff on my burger or stuffing it or whatever. And sometimes they are just terrible. Um, ha- have you ever had a beignet that, that is just awful that you've made? <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, actually, well, okay. Um, there are some that I do that I, that I like less than other people do. Okay. Um, but it's a good way to put I, it, I by the way. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, there, well, there's not any that I've done where I'm like, oh, this is terrible. I mean, we did, um, we even did, uh, for uh, Martin House Brewing here a while back, we did um, a pickle beer beignet. Ooh. Um, yeah, so we made a, a kind of a, we took their, their pickle beer, and we made kind of a sweet pickle glaze out of it. And you know what? It was still all right. Really? Okay. <laughs> yeah, That's was, a shock. Yeah. <laughs> we, we just, I just sold that one by the one where people could just come up and just <laughs> order one. And man, some people kept coming back like, no, I, I need another pickle beer. And I'm like, you need an intervention. But <laughs> So how, how do you sell them normally? Are you doing, uh, are you making them up fresh or, or do you have these prepared? Like, you know, there's going to be a certain amount of, of whatever sold each night or, or are they uh, made to order? All of our all of our beignets are fried fresh. Um, I have a I have a particular method for at the beginning of the week we do a prep day and I prep anywhere between um, nine hundred to two thousand beignets uh, and I have a kind of a process for being able to individually freeze them. Um, and so all of our dough it's my recipe it's uh, and and it's all handmade and then like freshly frozen and so each day i go and bag up you know what we have and uh and then fry those to order because that's one thing about a beignet is you cannot uh, a cold beignet is just it's just not worth having um so sometimes people will come to me and they will ask like hey you know i want to order a dozen beignets and i'll ask them every time when are you eating these <laughs> i can because sometimes when people will want to order them and be like oh yeah it's going to be for a work party tomorrow I'll tell them no. I can, like like you yeah. can. I'll sell it to you. But a cold beignet is it's 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 um this maybe isn't the best thing to compare it to, but from at least the cultural of experience, it's like the difference between a hot Krispy Kreme donut and a cold Krispy Kreme donut. <laughs> um, there's just there's there's a there are two com- entirely different things. Either one is, or is okay. You know the the cold one can be okay, but it's just it's different. And and it's bad yeah. marketing for you too, right? People don't realize. But if someone Ooh, yeah. has your beignet yeah. for the first time and it's cold and they hate it, well, then it's on you. It's not on the. They don't think about the fact that it was cold. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And so yeah, that there's that's definitely a part of it. And that was really difficult during this whole Mardi Gras season uh, because our big seller is our our king cake donuts, our king our king cake beignets, and um and so uh, people wanted to buy those for their you know, the party that they were going to that night and they're buying them at like eight in the morning. And Ooh, it was difficult for me any time to, to give somebody a, a beignet that I knew was going to be eaten cold, but didn't get any complaints. So I'll, I'll, I'll be happy with that. Good. Well, yeah, there you go. Um, I guess maybe, maybe it is better than, than a cold Krispy Kreme then. Maybe that was the wrong comparison because I won't eat a cold Krispy so. Kreme. So I um, just yeah. want that on record, but <laughs> Are you uh, the only person working uh, on, on all of this stuff right now, or, or do you have any support staff with you as well? Um, so yes and no. 
Um, I have a great kind of extended team um, that started with uh, with our pop up events um, that that are the ones that that really make all of those events possible. Um, but all of my uh, all of the rest of my team, some of them they're you know they're teachers as well, or maybe they're you know they're in high school or they're um, kind of all over the place. And so um, we were actually just before. Um, the wheels went off the world. We were actually about to start hiring for regular staff. Um, and I'm kind of glad I held off yes. <laughs> just, a, yeah. just a little bit there. Um, <laughs> cause uh, we were, we were taking applications and everything, um, right before all this went off. And so, yeah, I do have an extended team, um, that helps me out, especially on like our Saturdays can be pretty busy. So you'll see an, another couple people in here, um, before all of the COVID-19 stuff, you'd even see sometimes my oldest son would be in here running point of sale because he just likes to hang out. Um, That's but cool. Yeah, yeah it's, it's really, really fun to get a chance to, to work with him. But yeah, for the most part, it's me. Sweet. Yeah, that's that's awesome. I'm 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 impressed. I gotta say, if you're making on certain weeks two thousand prep beignets and doing point of sale and all that, I, that's impressive. Uh, that's cool. Uh, so dur- during these crazy times, just kind of wrap it up here. But um, you're still open, obviously, um, and and you're also selling family meals. Uh, I saw on on your website. So can you just let people know what you're serving, how they can order, and and uh, what times you're open as well? Yeah, absolutely. So. This has been our most recent pivot. Um, so <laughs> there we go again. Um, I just <laughs> yeah, I know you set you set me up well for that. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. So so this is our our most recent change because um, everyone's kind of like amending their hours um, and trying to figure out okay what works best. Um, so uh, our Airstream location at 105 South Main, we are opening from Thursdays through Sunday. Um, and those hours are set, but they're kind of variable as well. So like, a, so like on, on Thursdays, you'll see us here nine to three Fridays, nine to two, but then I'm coming back for the, for doing uh, dinner service that works better for like the Uber eats delivery aspect of things. Um, Saturdays were generally open about nine to two and then Sundays were open from 11 to three. And so those are kind of funky times, but you can check that out on the, on either Google it or Facebook or our Instagram. And so that's when we're actually selling. We we ha- we keep a menu of about ten items, sweet and savory, uh, everything from classic French Quarter beignets to um, what has been surprisingly popular to me was one I kind of threw together last minute was uh, our three pig slider that has uh, like pork breakfast sausage, ham, and bacon on it with Sounds our good. strawberry jalapeno <laughs> jam. I mean, it's great. Don't get me wrong, but uh, <laughs> I, I didn't expect it to be as popular as it is like that, that one is probably our, our biggest seller other than our, our dusty Cristo has historically been our, our best seller. Okay. Um, so our, our take on the Monte Cristo. Um, but yeah, so as far as family meals go, uh, we have a lot of different options that have, that have actually been a part of what we've done over the past year. So we have family packages that feature our chicken and sausage gumbo uh, which we've sold both at pop-ups and the Airstream. It's been really, I mean, we do it upright. It's, it's, it's uh, legit gumbo. Um, we've got our uh, chicken pot pie that you can be served either with beignets or biscuits. Uh, we've got our Cajun chicken salad, which I'd put up against anybody's chicken salad. Um, 
and uh, and then as well as some breakfast options. We have our three pigs gravy that you can get with biscuits, bacon, ham, and sausage cream gravy. Um, it's good, really good. Or heart healthy. It's great stuff. Yes, yeah, um, no, it sounds sounds and, good and healthy while you're just sitting around at home. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. When you, in, the, in the most sedentary you've ever been yes. in your life, uh, try to eat as many as many red meats and as many processed meats as possible. Um, yeah, and so uh, the way that it, the way that we're doing that is uh, we have online ordering on our website, thedustybiscuit.com, um, where you can order that, order by Sunday at mid or Saturday at midnight, and uh, then on Tuesdays we're having pickup and delivery. Uh, last week was our first week to do that. The food was really well received. I drove all over the Metroplex. Uh, we have to figure that one out, um, <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, so we're doing that as as a way both to serve the community better, you know, and be able to get like you know full on real meals uh, for families, so you don't have to cook, uh, and also it's to to keep us afloat, and uh, mm-hmm. and it also works out well because I'm I'm redoing our I redid our schedule so that I can have a about a day and a half where I can completely unplug, you know, and be able to be home with my kids, be home with my wife, and just you know not be slinging videos and that's great instead you know get be playing go fish by yeah. a five-year-old yeah. <laughs> no that's that's great you need that you need that especially if you're doing it doing this all yourself right now too oh, um absolutely. yeah you need you need that kind of mental break but i i think that's awesome and um i think it's cool too because you've claimed already on this podcast that you know you're everyone knows you as this great cook right so now you get to um, kind of show off more than even just the beignets. You get to show off some other stuff. Yeah, so I, 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 no, awesome. I love that aspect of it. Yeah, I like actually getting the, getting a chance to – sometimes it's like I, I will go home and I like cook a meal for the family. I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot. I know how to cook. <laughs> That's great. Um, and, and you had mentioned this too. Just one, one last thing I want to get in um, is uh, will you just tell people where, they, where exactly they can find you on social media and, and then your uh, physical address as well? Yeah, so uh, we, we keep it pretty easy. Uh, everything is at the Dusty Biscuit. Um, so that's Facebook, uh, Facebook, Instagram. We don't do Twitter quite as much, but we're also on there. Um, but yes, yeah, so you can find us. Uh, but our website is also thedustybiscuit.com. Um, and so we're constantly, I mean, there's not a day that we don't get something up, either content of either new menu items that we're putting out or times what's going on or different opportunities or other businesses that we're trying to support. Uh, and then, yeah, as far as our physical location, we're at 105 South Main. Um, so right down at the end, um, across the street from Amphibian, uh, stage productions right next to. Uh, the South Main Village Micro Park, and also right next to uh, to Teenies that okay. we are rooting for to be back and raring and open soon. Yes, yes, we all are for for sure with that. Um, well, Trey, thank you so much for your time. I, I appreciate you taking the time. Um, you're obviously a, a very busy guy, and and you've got dinner service here in about half an hour. So I I really appreciate uh, the time, and and I'll actually be seeing you later. So I look forward to that. All right. Yeah. Thanks so much. Appreciate you having me on.